Welcome to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care, where your host, writer, actor, and producer Candy Washington helps you live a more joyful life with a cheeky dash of pop culture news. Be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and join the conversation on Instagram at Candy Washington. Let's go. Everyone and welcome back to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care. So before we dive into today's episode, which will be a very inspiring conversation with Lori Seitz, I wanted to quickly remind you guys that if you needed any extra support on your journey to self-love and self-worth and really creating the life of your dreams with purpose and intention, don't forget that we have our self-love journal, your journey to self-love journal that you can grab. Also, we just launched our new Soft Life Patreon, which is really cool. I will be adding over 100 past podcast episodes that will be in the archive. So you will only have access to that if you join our Patreon. And also through our different tiers, you can get one-on-one coaching, group hot seat coaching sessions, along with weekly affirmations, journal prompts, and guided videos. That is an exciting new um, offering for everyone that we've just launched. So check out the description box down below. And as always, we have our guided courses, Manifest Your Dream Life Through Self-Love. We also have the Art of Self-Love Masterclass and more. And coming up will be our Self-Forgiveness Masterclass as well. And as always, you can join our newsletter. It's free. And when you do, you get our free self-love guide. So with all of those goodies and without further ado, I would love to bring up our special guest, Lori Sipes. So I want to welcome Lori to the show. And for those of you who may not be familiar with her, she is the founder and CEO of Zen Rabbit. She's also an award-winning writer, speaker, and broadcaster. She's on a mission to teach the world to be calm and grounded no matter what's going on and is a nationally recognized gratitude and meditation expert. So let's welcome Lori. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So do you want to share with us a little bit more about your background, how you got started, and and what led you to creating Zen Rabbit? Yes, thank you. Where to start? Well, <laughs> let's start with, I, I was actually introduced to meditation when I was 10 years old. My mom took my brother and me to a meditation course that is now known as the Silva Method. Mm-hmm. So. I had this this background, this foundation from a very young age. However, like many children, I did not use it. You know, <laughs> I learned it and then didn't use it for the next 40 something years. Mm-hmm. And it was there, but I didn't practice meditation consistently. 
Like I would mm -hmm. come back to it for a couple of days, then skip a few years and yeah, it wasn't sticking. But, uh, but that was in, in the foundational part of like in my upbringing, I guess. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I, so I went into marketing. I have a background in marketing, love nice. marketing strategy and broadcast and started my first business in 2003. That was a company called Zen Rabbit Baking Company. Mm. And I was making a product called the Gratitude Cookie. Yes, I saw that. It was like a thin between a sugar cookie and a butter cookie. And yeah. I absolutely love that. But before we dive in a little bit more, I wanted to get your perspective on, you know, what does meditation mean to you? And then also, what is the purpose of meditation? Because I know some people, they're scared of it. They're like, well, I can't sit in silence or I'm scared of my own thoughts or I can't stop my thoughts. And they kind of have all this resistance to it. Um, yeah. So I just kind of wanted your guidance on how do you define meditation and its purpose? Like for me, meditation is more how I use it is to really become the authority in a compassionate way of my thoughts. And then I use my thoughts to select and create the reality that I want to step into. So for you, how do you define meditation and what is its purpose? I love that you're asking this because so often people have so many myths and misconceptions mm -hmm. around what meditation is. Mm -hmm. They think that meditation is sitting, you know, sitting on a mat quietly, <laughs> For, you know, in an ashram or something with, uh, for hours at a time with no thoughts at all running through their head. And then they say, well, I'm not good at meditation because I can't do that. Right. Well, yeah. Most people cannot do that. And so <laughs> that sure that could be one form of meditation. However, it is not like the overall, that's what meditation is. So when I define meditation or when I share with people what meditation is, there are so many different ways to meditate mm -hmm. and it's really what works for you. So it could be a guided meditation where you're listening to a meditation teacher's voice could be you're sitting quietly, but there's music playing like meditation music, or it could be a guided meditation with music could be a walking meditation. You're out in nature taking a walk yeah. Uh, preferably without your electronics. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> yes. So meditation for the way I define it is really allowing yourself this space to get quiet enough to hear your own inner voice. Mm -hmm. We are so inundated with everybody outside of ourselves telling us what to do, what to think, what, how to be. Mm -hmm. And the only only one who knows what's truly right for you is you, that inner voice and getting quiet enough to hear it. And you mentioned that sometimes people are afraid to hear that voice yep. because, right? Because they, they know that that's the truth, their truth. Yep. And that can be scary. Maybe it's telling them to leave a job they've been at for 20 years or leave a relationship or just to do something that is scary. 100%. And I love how you say it's um, one of its purposes is to, to get quiet enough to hear your own inner voice. And I totally agree with that. Like for me, for, for meditation, what I said earlier, it's like 
what clicked for me was, oh, this is when I get to become the authority of myself. Mm-hmm. This is when I get to get curious about my thoughts. So if I, you know, put a little time away to just, you know, meditate and think about my thoughts, instead of trying to like quiet them or shut them out or not think any thoughts, I can get curious and say, hmm, I wonder why this thought just came to me. Is that what I actually believe? Is that true? Who told me that? Does it have to be true? So I I get to be curious about the thoughts, whether than fearful of them. And then I also get to decide that I am the authority of them. I am the thinker and I am the observer. So I can say, oh, I have that thought, but you know what? I released that thought to the universe for good. That thought no longer has meaning over me. And I choose to think X, Y, and Z. And just like you said, it's also a good time to quiet your inner voice and then connect back to your intuition. You know, that inner divinity, that inner guiding system that we have to hear, well, what is actually, what does my actual intuition sound like versus just like you said, the noise or the programming or just what we hear on repeat from family, society, social media, TV, whatever the case may be, you know, whatever it is, you know, how do I discern my guiding system versus all the external noise and nonsense? So then how do, and that's how I become the authority of of me. But then also I believe it's it gives you also a chance to show yourself self-compassion. You know, it's like, wow, I've been walking around thinking that I'm too fat, I'm too stupid, I'm too skinny, I'm too this, I'm too that. Whoa, that's not a really nice way to think about myself, is it? So now I have the the tools to kind of become the authority of me, choose what I want to believe about myself and show myself some compassion. Like, I'm really sorry, Candy, that you used to think that, but you can let that go now. Like, you know, you're worthy, you know, you're enough, you know, blah, 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 blah. So I think uh, meditation is is so powerful and purposeful in that way, just like you're saying. And I wanted to do a uh, dive a little bit deeper on the meditative different states and forms. Like, I love how you said you could go and walk in nature and meditate. And how do you also use that, whether it's like meditation or breath work, to, to become more present in the moment which I think is really in alignment with with what your mission is, you know, to get people to know that no matter what the chaos is, you can have control and be present in the moment. So what are some tools that we can use to get to that place too? Yeah. So again, so the guided meditations are great, especially for people who are just beginning mm-hmm. and who are, who can't, who say that they can't control the thoughts in their head. And I wanted to address that, that whole, um, that comment anyway, that, that idea that I can't control the thoughts, mm-hmm. that's part of meditation, R- recognizing the thoughts and refocusing back to the meditation teacher's voice or the, the, the sound of your breathing or just the breathing focus, refocusing back is part of a meditation. That's mm-hmm. actually what makes you meditation can help you be more focused and productive outside of the actual meditation. Mm-hmm. And this is how it works. So when you are when you are in a meditation and you notice thoughts are starting to carry you away and you go, "Up, oh, I see that." Come back to the meditation teacher's voice or like I said the sound the, the your breathing, your the music, the whatever it is that you want to bring yourself back to, mm-hmm. that refocusing, even if you have to do it every 10 seconds is making you better at focusing outside of the meditation when you're doing work. Yes. Yeah. So I, I wanted to bring that up because so many people get caught up on that idea of 
my thoughts just keep carrying me away. And so I can't mm -hmm. meditate, but that is actually part of it. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> other, other ways to meditate. I mean, just so many things. I have a, a mentor who mm -hmm. would always fight the whole idea of meditation. He's like, I don't believe in it. I'm not <laughs> good at it. It's not like, it doesn't, it's not relevant to me. And yet every morning he goes out and walks for 45 minutes. And when he comes back from his walk, he like kind of journals. He, uh -huh. he, he puts his journaling out on social media. It becomes social media posts, but he's journaling. I'm like, dude, that is meditation. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So he's, he's one who will fight tooth and nail. I can't sit still. So he goes out for a walk. Go do that if that's what you need to do. Sometimes I recommend that people put on their favorite hype song and dance around the room for three minutes or however mm -hmm. long the song is and then sit. You know, whatever, whatever, again, whatever works for you, some people just can't sit. So do a walking meditation, do, do, um, go for a run gardening. Uh, some people find it really meditative to wash dishes. Oh, it is. Mm -hmm. It's so meditative to wash dishes. Yeah. And, and I, and I love what you're saying because I do think that there is the misconception that meditation is just like sitting still and just like humming away but there's so many different types of meditative forms and states. And I love that ap about your story when you talked about, you know, the little rabbit that you had and you had this like little meditative state when you were, when you were two, because we all have those moments. And for me, I think meditation is just when you're really connected to your inner world, you're really connected yeah. to your intuition, you're connected to the divinity that, that lives in you. And with your mentor, he's connected when he's out on his 45 minute walks. Some mm -hmm. people are connected when they are doing the guided meditation. Some people are connected when they're painting, when they're writing, when they're journaling, when they're drawing, when they're doing the dishes, when they're taking a bath, you know, when they're taking a shower. Um, so there's so many moments that we can use this meditative state where we're just more focused on our inner world than our than our outer world and we're just really connected with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really that that's a great explanation of what meditation is is really being mm -hmm. much more connected to your inner world. Exactly. Exactly. And then when you're connected to your inner world, then you can kind of use meditation in a couple of different ways. Like one way we can use meditation is to you know, receive downloads where we just kind of get into our meditative mm -hmm. state and we can say, God, universe, source, divinity, ocean, nature, you know, whatever you're, whatever you particularly believe in or connect to and say, you know, guide me or show me, or, you know, I'm dealing with this. What's my next right move? So you can use it to sort of get that guidance. And then you can also kind of use it to heal different parts of yourself, even like inner child work, where you can kind of get into a meditative state and say, hey, Candy, like, I know you're feeling really fearful of this or really hurt about this. I just want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm taking care of you. So you can use meditation in so many different ways to to heal yourself and to self-soothe yourself and to come back to to center and to self. You know, it's not just, oh, let me meditate and get this huge bright idea that's going to transform my business and get a million dollars. But maybe I'm just going to meditate and I'm going to talk to that little six-year-old me that just wants 
that reminder that I'm here and you're taken care of and I love you. So meditation can be used in so many different ways to, to heal ourselves. So if, if there's someone out there that's listening that might be struggling, do you have any ideas on, on what else they can do in addition to meditation to, to get back to that center of self? Well, there are so many different, so many different yeah. tools. So, so I mentioned journaling there mm -hmm. and you mentioned breath work, which is something that yeah. I've been getting more into in the past couple of months. And I am not a hundred percent consistent on that meditation. I do every morning before I get started in my day. Yes. Breath work, still working on being consistent with that. I, I do enjoy it. And uh, well, uh, <laughs> I enjoy parts of it. I'm yeah. still, like I said, I'm still... <laughs> But um, the the journaling, the breath work, the um, so visualization is mm -hmm. to me is can be a form of meditation. Not all meditation is visualization, but when you're really deep into a visualization, that is also likely a meditation as well. Yes. And when you're getting into that feeling of what does it feel like to have this. Thing or this, this situation that you're manifesting, getting into that feeling of it as if it has already occurred because you, as you know, mm -hmm. that's what speeds it up. Yeah. Like there's actual science behind how this works. So yeah. Um, again, you mentioned a whole bunch of different ways to get into, to, to get yeah. into and when you were saying something, it reminded me of a quote from Wayne Dyer that um, about prayer, kind of about prayer, mm -hmm. but I can attribute it to meditation as well, that prayer is us talking to God or the universe or divinity yeah. and intuition is God talking is yeah. Is God talking to us? Is when God t talks to us. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Prayer is when I talk to God and I always, I, I, I actually say like meditation is when God talks to me, <laughs> but yeah. I guess, but that's what meditation is. It's tapping into your intuition, right? Your, 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 voice. Your, inner world. your inner voice. Exactly. Your inner voice and, and getting that guidance, you know, prayer is the upload when I'm talking to God and mm -hmm. meditation is the download when God is talking to me. So I receive from God and then prayer is when I ask of God. Right. So I yeah. love that. And I also love that you brought up visual visualization. Um, Cause I think that's such a powerful tool. Just like you said, it gets you in that feeling state. It gets you, I don't know if you know, like Neville Goddard, mm -hmm. but just getting into the state of the wish fulfilled and really living in the end result. Yeah. And for me, that was a game changer because he talks a lot about um, not thinking of your goal, but thinking from your goal. And yes. when that clicked what the actual difference was, I was like, oh my gosh, in my life, I've been thinking of things rather than thinking from it. Like, oh, I wish I had this. I wish this could happen. Oh, isn't that cool? Rather than thinking from it where it's like, I am successful. I am this. I am that. Oh, isn't it wonderful that I have this, right? So actually embodying the state of the wish fulfilled through visualizing, through seeing yourself actually being the version of yourself who has it. And again, like with visualization, just like with meditations, people are like, I can't see things. I can't visualize. I'm not a visual person. It's like, well, Let's go back to self-compassion and don't criticize yourself. All right. <laughs> you know, let's just go back to everything to me goes back to self-compassion and self-love. 
So instead of criticizing, I can't do it, just think, hmm, you know what? I'm open to trying. And don't think that visualization has to be you're watching a Scorsese movie in your head and that the cinematography is amazing. No, it could just be as simple as just, you know, getting quiet and like thinking, you know, I am living this life. I am enjoying this. And then let your mind and your imagination and your, you know, spirit do the rest. You know, it's not forcing seeing something. It's allowing the vision to come to you based on what you know you want to get. And your mind will do the rest, right? Yes. And a lot of people do have issues or challenges visualizing Mm -hmm. because that's maybe not how they process information. That's not their first way or their, their strongest way. And that's where the feeling part comes in even more. Mm-hmm. Like what? Okay. So you can't necessarily visualize what you're manifesting. Can you feel what it feels like when you have it, what you would imagine it would feel like, or what you expect it will feel like and feel that feeling all the way in deep into your bones. You don't have to picture anything really then just what does it feel like? Yeah. And, and usually the, the feeling will sort of even evoke images in Mm -hmm. your mind. Cause I think that sometimes people don't realize that just like feeling it and just seeing the image, like that is visualization. They kind of think it's this like big thing where they have to sit down and visualize, but it's like, no, if I just say to you, you know, whether you or not, I'd say, Hey, you know, look at that. Think of a red tomato. You're going to see a red tomato. Mm -hmm. That's a visualization, you know, getting into it. Yeah. This is, this is where, and there's so many, I've heard people debate about whether visual, uh, whether vision boards work, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. work or not. However, when you have issues or challenges, visualizing things, having pictures helps you Mm -hmm. to put out on a vision board and then to look at it. So you could spend time looking at your vision board every day and feeling what it feels like to have or to experience those things that are on that board. You don't have to have your eyes closed. You could sit there and look at it and feel those feelings. And that's also meditation. 100%. And and in alignment with that is another uh, tool or technique or, you know, whatever people call it is also scripting. Scripting is also a very powerful way. And it's also another meditative state to get into the feeling of the wish fulfilled, you know, and if for people out there who may not know what we're talking about, um, when you want to manifest or, you know, if that's too woo woo to me, manifestation is just to make evident, right? You, when you want to mm-hmm. make evident your, what your goal is, what you're achieving your goal goals, is, right. Achieving goals, which is to make it evident in our physical 3D world. There's different tools and techniques that you can do to become the embodiment of it. And then when you become the embodiment of it in your inner world, then that's when it becomes evident in your outer world. And so you can do that through the meditation we've been talking about, the visualizations we've been talking about. And also scripting is super powerful as well. And it's another meditative state. And and scripting is a little bit different from journaling. Uh, I'm a huge scripter because I love to write. So I love scripting stuff. So scripting is when you have a particular goal in mind. Say you are single and you want to be married. Maybe you write about your perfect 
nor it, this is just how I do it, but you know, make it your own always. But what would be a typical normal day as a wife married to your ideal husband? What would that look and feel like? And then just write it out as if it's already happened. Like, dear diary, today was amazing. My husband, you know, got brought me flowers, got me flowers, got breakfast in bed, you know. And I feel like when you just let it flow as what your ideal day would look and feel like that's really embodying the end state, the wish fulfilled. That's embodying the version of you who already has it. And for me, at least when I'm scripting, I see it, I visualize it, I feel it. It's just a good way to get it out. And that also gives you clarity. It kind of also gives you a roadmap of where you're going, right? Sure, mm -hmm. you want to be married, but what type of marriage do you want? What type of partner are you calling in? What are the things that you do together? And it kind of gives you clarity if you're looking for a new job. Well, what does that ideal day at work look like? What is your interaction with your coworkers? You know, so many people are like, oh, I got a new job. And then three months later, they're like, I hate my boss. Well, it's like, yeah. well, did you get clarity on the type of boss you wanted? Like you got the job, but what is that experience of the job, right? So it's right. Like, yeah, yeah. And Go yeah, ahead. and when you just mentioned that, it, br it brought up an idea in my head too, that it's, it's also about who would you like to be? Yes. So much more yeah. than what do I what would I like to have or what, mm -hmm. how do I want to, what do I want to do? Mm -hmm. Who would you like to be? And visualizing that and coming from that place is yep. even so much more powerful. 100%, 100%. Um, that's what um, I call like the, not me personally, but like I call it, but like a lot of people call it, it's like the self-concept work. So the, it's like your self-concept is who do you be? Like, who are you? How do you show up in the world? A, how do you show up for yourself? And then B, how do you expect the world to show up for you? What is your self-concept, right? How do you be? Like, do you want to be respected and influential and successful? And, you know, life is easy and what the flow is, you know, people, whatever the case is, what is your concept of yourself? Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's right. so important to cultivate. Are you someone at work that, you know, people just know you're a people pleaser and you always say yes because you're scared to say no? Or you're at someone at work who has healthy boundaries and you're well respected, right? Because people who have good boundaries usually are really respected. Yes. Well, and it coming back, what brought it up for me was when you said about the boss and not, you know, not liking <laughs> your boss because we attract who we are. Mm-hmm. And that's what made me think, who would you like to be? Because when you are being who you, your, your ultimate self, mm -hmm. then you attract others into your energy sphere, into your world who respect that, who are that. You know, I have heard a, a lot of times when people like you brought up about looking for a, a husband for if people are single and they're looking, mm -hmm. they would like to be married, who would you like to be because like when you're looking to attract someone you yeah. need to be that in order to attract it to you if you would like to find somebody who's compassionate and generous and financially responsible you need to be that as well in order to call it in mhm mm 100% and then with that and then also with um I think that's a great example of also like the self-concept work because it's it's who do you be within yourself and then 
it's also who do you be in relationship to other and other things. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why you sometimes get women or I don't, I'm not being sexist or anything. I'm just giving an example. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, who are, you know, super successful, you know, super, super successful. They're CEOs or entrepreneurs. They have all this stuff. But yet in love, they kind of always find that sort of like deadbeat guy. No one wants to commit. They're just trying to kind of whatever. It's because in the workplace, when it comes to success, they have a great self-concept. I am successful. I am great. But when it comes to love, maybe their self-concept is you know what, men are really intimidated by strong women. Hmm. You know, my my success, you know, doesn't really attract a guy or I'm or, you know, people abandon me. I'm not lucky in love. There's no good men out there. You know, all men are cheaters. That's why our lives in different areas can have really people. We can be an ebb or we can be in flow. You can have a lot of money, but not great in love. Or there's Mm -hmm. people that have fantastic relationships, but just are always constantly month to month can't get by because their self-concept is different to different things. And when you get the foundation, just like you're talking about of who you be, that foundation of self-love and self-worth and how you show up in the world, just like you said, then that's when your relationship to other things start to shift and, and, and shape. So you could be that person who's like, I'm amazing in this area, but all men are cheaters. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, so it's looking at, you know, just like you said, like, what are the areas in your life where you're like, you know, what? I, I want the great relationship. I want the success, the financial success, or I want the health or whatever it is. And just think about, you know, through meditation, through being present, what is the story that I'm actually telling myself around this particular area? So when I do get quiet, when I do go on my walks or I do go on my meditation, what are, let me get curious about what am I thinking about myself? Am I thinking like I'm the girl that always gets broken up with? You know, am I thinking I'm the girl that never gets the promotion? Am I thinking that nothing works out for me? Like, what are those thoughts? And then when you get clarity and awareness on what those thoughts are, then just like we're talking about, then we can say, well, you know what? I'm going to choose to be a different version of me. Mm-hmm. And then the way I'm going to become that version, it's just like we said, through visualizing, through scripting, through meditation, through our affirmations, changing our internal world. So then when our story or just the script we've been telling ourselves about ourselves changes, when that changes, then that's when we achieve the goal. That's when it becomes evident because the world is just reflecting back to us who we believe we are. Yeah, we have to change the inner world in order to change the outer world. It's common belief that we can change the outer world. Like we have control, you know, (laughs) because and I'm going to make this happen. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do the work and I'm going to make this happen as if that's how things in the universe work. And that's not how they work. Mm -hmm. It has to come from the inner, you're doing the work on your inner self will change the results you're getting in your outer world. Mm-hmm. So all of those things that you mentioned, and it comes down to rewiring your brain because yes. you cannot change your beliefs on a conscious level. You can say, I'd like to think differently. I saw I'm thinking this because this is the result in my world. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to change my mind and not think that anymore yes, that's a decision on a conscious level and it's not necessarily uh, actually changing the belief that can only be done by 
rewiring and working on those subconscious, unconscious beliefs. And, and meditation helps with that. Breath work helps with that. Visualization, journaling, when you're digging out from that unconscious level. That's why I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of, of affirmations unless they are being fed into your subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I, I like affirmations, but, but but I guess because I see affirmations more as just shifting my belief system of, of, of who I am, you know, like, because to me, an affirmation is just in and of itself, it's innocuous. It's just, what are you saying is true? What are mm-hmm. you saying is true? And it can either be a negative affirmation. You're saying something negative is yeah true or it could be a positive one or it could not even be positive or negative it could just be a choice you know like this is who I'm choosing to be this is who I now am so I kind of like it in that way but I get what you're saying too because sometimes people again they're like well let me just say I am beautiful I am amazing I am successful well that's not really going to get you anywhere because you're not actually penetrating your belief system how you feel about yourself. Right. So, when you're si- when your yeah. brain is hearing you say that, your your subconscious beliefs are like, no, you're not. <laughs> so you can walk around saying I'm wealthy all you want. Mm-hmm. All you, but if you're not, if you don't truly believe it, then you're just saying words and your subconscious is countering them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also think with, with stuff like that, like you were talking before about the feeling, you know, I think it's really hard for someone who's never really had money to feel wealth, right? Mm-hmm. And so you, you want to say, well, what does wealth, what do you think wealth would feel like? Oh, well, it would feel like freedom, right? It would feel like carefreeness, right? That it would be like, oh, like a relief, a release. I can relax. I can breathe. Well, yeah. in your life, when do you already feel that freedom? When do right. you already feel that relief, right? And yes. so instead of trying to go from I don't have enough that you've been, you know, stewing in, go to what moments in life would you already feel that freedom of relief? Maybe it is walking along in nature and just appreciating and seeing everything around you. And instead of thinking, I am wealthy, I'm rich, you're thinking, I'm free. Mm-hmm. I am so yeah. care- I am abundant in this moment. Look at the sky. Look at the birds. And then when you embody the end state of freedom, of feeling free, then it will make itself evident through, oh, wow, I just got a raise. Oh, wow, I just got this. Oh, this happened. Because manifestation is just making whatever you are already embodying evident. So when you already Mm -hmm. love yourself and you feel secure and you feel chosen and you feel enough, then it's going to be made evident with calling in a partner that reflects to you that feeling of love and confidence and enoughness. If I'm already embodying the feeling of I am free, there is nothing to worry about. I am, look, I'm surrounded by abundance. The sun is shining. I woke up today. I have life. I'm walking down this, you know, street or whatever it is. I feel good. I feel free. Then that feeling, that embodied state of feeling free will manifest as in, wow, I just got some extra money or, you know, new clients are coming in or, you know, I just got this inheritance, right? Because the manifestation, whatever it is, you know, it is, it's still just the embodiment of how you feel. Yes. Yes. And so what you're talking about is that feeling of gratitude. So Mm -hmm. gratitude 
Gratitude is the highest energetic vibration you can achieve. It's up there with love and joy. Mm -hmm. When you are feeling gratitude, no matter what's going on around you, no matter what your circumstances are, you can find things to be grateful for. Yep. No matter what, when you are in that state of gratitude, like you said, that's when you are most attractive. And I mean, attractive in that magnetic sense. Yep. Oh yeah. 100%. Because that's when you, and and that's what it means by like you attract what you are, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm not really into like the, the law of attraction, I think, because it's kind of scares people that they're not allowed to be humans and feel their feelings and I'm much more of a law of assumption type person. Um, But but that's what it really means by you attract what you are. You know, when you've already embodied that state of, you know, I am loved, I am enough, like I can mm-hmm. self-soothe myself, I got this, I'm here for me. Then what shows up for you are just things that reflect that feeling. And since yeah. we are still human beings, like I think we're, you know, div- we're divine, but we're having this human experience, the way that divine feeling of freedom with a capital F, of love with a capital L, you know, abundance with a capital A, the way that all of those spiritual essences, those spiritual feelings are manifested, made evident in our physical world is through things that are tangible that we can now experience as human beings. Mm -hmm. So our divinity is calling in that freedom and our human gets to experience money. (laughs) Yes, that's a fantastic explanation of it. Yeah. And yeah, and and, right. So anytime that you are... I love that you brought up about feeling the emotions because that is very mm-hmm. important. And so many people think that, you know, they talk about this toxic positivity of always be happy and always be, you know, find gratitude. When I say find gratitude in any circumstance, I'm not saying deny that if your circumstance, you're feeling sad or you're upset or resentful or angry to not feel that. Mm-hmm. I'm saying you can feel all of those things. And you can still find gratitude in that situation. 100%. And it's, it's almost like even full circle to what we talked about earlier, the, the, the meditation and getting like having those meditative moments at any time. It's not just like sitting down. Mm-hmm. So it's like even when you're feeling like, you know, I'm not feeling good right now or something quote bad happened or whatever it is, you can say, well, you know what, in this moment, I'm aware. I'm not being delusional. I'm not Mm -hmm. pretending that this isn't happening. I'm 100% aware of it. I accept it as it happened. But I also know that I have the power to still choose to feel and think differently. I still have the power to focus, just like you said before, on what I can appreciate in this moment. Mm-hmm. And then once you start to embody that feeling of, appre- of appreciation, then just like we said, then you're going to find something in your outer world to appreciate more, to appreciate more, to appreciate more. And then your situation changes mm-hmm. because you've then felt, literally felt your way out of the negative situation into yeah. the positive one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm, good stuff. Oh, so you said that um, it was like the Silva method. Mm-hmm. Is that I, I've seen those little uh, I forgot what they were, but they were like different videos about this one woman. I think her name was 
either Mary Hansel or Helen Hansel. And she had won like every like sweepstake, lottery, yeah. whatever it was. Um, I think it was like on Mind Valley. You talk about the Yep, it was. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly it. Uh -huh. Yeah, I've seen it everywhere. And she kind of did what we're doing, what we're talking about. You know, she yeah. just had the belief system. You know, I always win. <laughs> right. She, she right. Knew. She's like, I've got this formula and I always win. That was her like unshakable belief yeah. system. That was her self-concept. She and knew she would win. Right. And so it became a self-fulfilling prophecy, if you will. Mm -hmm. People who think they are lucky tend to be lucky. Yep. And yes, Mind Valley. So the interesting that you brought that up because Vishen Lakiani, the founder of Mind Valley, mm -hmm. was also introduced to the Silva method when he was a child. That was his introduction to meditation as well. Mm -hmm. And Interestingly enough, too, what brought me back into consistently meditating was Vision's six-phase meditation. Ooh, what's that? So Vision has created, and this it's years ago, and it's been updated a couple of times. But mm -hmm. it's a six. It's called a six-phase meditation. So it takes you through. It's uh, he has different versions. I think the original was twenty minutes, mm -hmm. and there's a fifteen-minute one. It takes you through these six phases. So it's like gratitude, forgiveness. Uh, vi like visualizing your perfect day, mm -hmm. uh, visualizing what you would, your ideal life looks like in three years mm -hmm. and thanking your guides, angels, higher power, whatever it is. And that's yeah. five. I'm leaving one out and I don't recall what it is, but it takes <laughs> you through these six phases yeah. and he moves pretty quickly. So now when I listen to it, I feel like, whoa, 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 I need more time to sit in yeah. each of those phases. But especially when you're first getting into it and you, you don't want your mind, you, you don't want to give your mind time to wander off. It's great. Yeah. No, that sounds that sounds really cool. I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna look that up. But yeah, it's available. Uh, you can find it on on YouTube. On YouTube, yeah, because I think that's where I saw that the Helen Hansel stuff with the Mind Valley and all of that. I think it popped up, and I like watched a couple of them. Yeah, it's, actually, it's, and just Mind Valley actually owns. I don't know if they own the rights, but they um they sell the Silva Method now. They they're the they they manage it or whatever they do with it. But yeah, it's under their domain. Yeah, I'm actually going to have, I, I forget her last name, but Christina, I think she's one of the top people at Mind Valley. She's coming out with, with a new book. And so I'm actually going to have her on the podcast in a couple of weeks as well. So I'm excited awesome. for that. Yeah, that'll be really cool. Um, but yeah, but like, it just reminds me of that because, you know, the woman Helen Hansel, she's doing this in her visualization. She would, you know, see herself winning and what did it feel like? And she would just really sit into it, you know? And so mm -hmm. it's like all of that stuff that we're talking about, how do you make your goal, you know, you know, first do you get clear down what the goal is and then you shift into the inner experience of having it. And then you kind of trust and let go, not let go of the goal, but you trust that something greater than you is going to call it in. It will make yeah. itself evident, you know? Right, right. And you go on with life as mm -hmm. assuming like exactly. that is, it is already done. Yep. It is already done. What are your thoughts on inner conversations and inner dialogues? Like I've gotten really into that lately where it's, 
it's, it's again, it's not being like delusional. There's no delusion in it. Cause I know some people in the manifest manifestation community, like gotta get delusional, gotta get crazy. And it's like, ah, no, <laughs> there's no delusion. There's no craziness. You can live in your negative little world over there. Exactly. I'm exactly. going to be over here with my rose colored glasses. <laughs> exactly. Got to get delusional with it. And it's like, no, 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 you're not being delusional. You're being intentional. Mm -hmm. You're saying this is what I want to call into my experience. And I'm intentionally doing X, Y, and Z in order to call it in. Right. Yeah, right. And a part of that um, I've been doing is like inner conversations where it's, you know, maybe, I don't know, let's take anything, for example, maybe I want a new car. Right. But I don't have the new car yet. So instead, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, you know, like, I love my new car. I can't wait to take it for a spin. Um, you know, my sister said she loves that my new car is red. It's amazing. My new car smells so good. I can't wait to jump into my car. Oh, I got to go get some gas. So it's like you you have inner dialogue and inner conversations as if it is already there. Mm -hmm. Have you done any of that work or, or are you into that at all? I haven't done that. But to me, that sounds like a different, like a, a extension just a it's a visualization in a different form. Mm -hmm. So maybe somebody who's challenged to see, visualize through seeing could do that because that's more auditory. Mm, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. It's a really good point. Yeah, it's more auditory. So it's like, you know, oh, like I like it was so easy for me to get this car. I love it. You know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I could see yeah. totally how people who talk to themselves that would be very suitable for them. That's not something I tend to do. Mm -hmm. So I haven't had those conversations. I am, I am more visual and feeling uh, kinesthetic. And I could see how that those conversations would be great for somebody whose primary way of taking in information is auditory. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, I don't think you're, they're not saying it out loud. It's like really this like literally yeah. in your head because like, we're yeah, still, Mm -hmm. like we're always talking to ourselves like you know like the person you talk to the most in your life will be yourself yeah because you always have an inner dialogue going on in your head like if like right now i'm just like oh i have to say this to her and blah blah blah, blah, blah. Like, you know we always have like an inner right. dialogue but it's kind of like taking the time out to to shift that inner dialogue so i think i, I think that's something that's like really cool and um neville goddard also talks about that a lot which is pretty mm -hmm. But yeah. Again, it comes back to what works for you as an individual. Exactly. And that's why it's so cool to share all of these different ideas. Yeah. I love it. This has been so great. So do you have, I have two more questions for you. So okay. one is what one piece of wisdom or one piece of of a nugget that you would want us to, to leave with, you know, if we got one thing out of this conversation, what would it be? That finding gratitude where like just the importance of feeling gratitude, find looking for it. So you, here's the thing, yeah. you will find whatever you are looking for. So when you are looking for things to be grateful for, you will find them. If you are looking for things to complain about or to criticize, you will find those too. Yep. And everyone, everything um, for Lori will be linked down below in the description box in the show notes. But, do, but then do you also just want to tell us where we can find you and where we can connect with you? Yeah, the best place to find me is on my website, which is zenrabbit.com. And links to all of my socials are there, but it's just easier to just 
not confuse people with all the socials and just say <laughs> go to zenrabbit.com. You can also uh, download a free six-minute guided meditation from mm -hmm. there. And uh, I have a, a short free guide called the five easy ways to start living a sabbatical life, which does not require Ooh. you to take actually go on a sabbatical. If you don't have the time or energy or money to do that, you can start living a sabbatical life right from the comfort of your own home. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Thank you so much, Lori. And definitely, Lori, stick around because I want to give you um, a couple of, you know, quick fire questions that will only be available on our Patreon. So for everyone listening, enjoy this episode. And as always, if you need extra support, then definitely check out our description box and show notes. We have journals, we have courses, we have our new Patreon community and join our newsletter. It is free and you get a free self-love guide. And you will also have everything linked down below where you can connect and find with Lori as well. So with that, everyone, as always, take care of yourself and each other. And if you feel so inclined, be sure to share this with a friend because your journey to self-love and self-worth is always better with a little bit of support. So we will see you next time, but stick around, Lori. And you guys, if you want to get our behind the scenes conversation with Lori, definitely join our Patreon. Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care, where your host, writer, actor, and producer Candy Washington helps you live a more joyful life with a cheeky dash of pop culture news. Be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and join the conversation on Instagram at Candy Washington. Let's go.